Hey everybody, this is So Heidi, and you're listening to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. We all know that the fashion industry is brutally competitive and it takes loads of hard work to get ahead. The problem is that everyone's secretive and tight lipped about their ways. After working as a designer and educator for over a decade, I wanted to help break down those barriers and bring you valuable knowledge from industry experts. And this show is exactly where you'll find that. Whether you're trying to break into the fashion world, make yourself more marketable, launch your own label, or become a successful freelancer, we'll help you get ahead in the cutthroat fashion industry. This is episode 12 of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast, and I'm your host, Heidi, also known as So Heidi. Today I'm chatting with Colleen Monroe, founder of Untucked Workwear, clothes designed for women who embrace a lifestyle filled with gumption and a whole lot of go. After a year and a half of hard work, Colleen launched a successful Kickstarter to fund the first round of production of her three-piece collection. In the interview, she talks about how to build an email list and an audience before you even have a product, why fit is one of the most important factors to your success, how to deal with the financial realities of launching a label, and the importance of engaging with your customer. I think bringing people into the history of the making of your product is important because they they really appreciate like where you've come from, from step A to step Z. Before we jump into the interview, I want to remind you, you can help the show out and make it easier for others to discover by leaving a review on iTunes. If you enjoy the episode, I'd really appreciate it if you take 60 seconds to do that. Visit sfdnetwork.com slash review to leave your rating and thanks for your support and help. To access the show notes for today's episode, visit sfdnetwork.com slash 12. Now on to the interview with Colleen. And I feel like I have to paint a picture of where we're sitting right now. Yeah. This is amazing. Okay, so yeah. we came to meet at, is it Cafe Bene? Cafe Bene, okay. yeah, in Koreatown. Yes, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit noisy in there. And the quiet space upstairs <laughs> <laughs> that we planned on chatting was a really quiet place, yeah, like a was, library. Yeah, like studying. <laughs> and we went up there to have a really chatty podcast interview. Yeah. And, it and everyone stuck. just like looked up from their books and stared yeah. at us like, so we're in this courtyard, basically where the back of restaurants all back up to, and there's some ambiance in the background, and that's okay. That's perfect, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so Colleen, introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, um, so I'm Colleen Monroe, and I live here in Los Angeles, and I'm the designer of a new conscious clothing company called Untucked Workwear, and I'm designing workwear for women on the go. So basically that means I'm launching my first three pieces of my collection. Um, I've dubbed it the perfect working outfit for women on the go. And um, it makes up a pair of pants called flex trousers, uh, a jacket called a pocketed smock that can be a cover up but also like a professional um, coat, and uh, an everyday blouse that is made from tinsel and super comfy and versatile. And can I spoil a really big surprise? Because I peeked at your Kickstarter this yes. morning, and you met your goal. Yeah, you passed it, I passed and it. you still have like how much time to go? I have two weeks, and you killed it in like a week. I was really shocked. Everyone has been so supportive. Okay, so hold on, we have to stop. Like huge congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. you just like blew your Kickstarter out of the water, Thank and you. I want to hear about like how that all got started, and you're like in the middle of it, but you passed it, so you've like made it past the finish line. 
Um, okay, so you have your collection, yeah. and how'd you get from there to Kickstarter? I want to hear about your journey. So before, so we have to back up like a year and okay. a half ago. Okay. Um, so uh, I actually was, so I was working costume design in film and TV here in New York and LA, and um, I was actually planning on going to grad school um, for costume design. And a friend of mine, I, it's always been on my heart to work in some capacity in the fashion industry, but more on the sustainable fashion side. Okay. I, I didn't quite know what that looked like. I've always loved to design, um, but I didn't quite know how to start. And um, a friend of mine passed along the name of this gal called Shannon Whitehead. She was um, in her second or third year starting this fashion accelerator for sustainable fashion designers. So extremely niche. And as soon as I read about it, I was like, I need to do this. So I kind of put grad school on hold, um, and I kind of pulled out a costume design a bit um, to see what this program was all about. And uh, so it basically it helps you launch your company from idea to creation. Okay. And so I decided to do that back in like fall of 2000 and, let's see, it was like 2004, 15. So, yeah, 2015, like fall of so, 2015. was that like a year and a half ago? Two and yeah. a half years ago. So, no, about a year and a half ago. A year and a half. So about fall of 2015 I started, okay. October 2015. Um, did that program for the next six months. I just, I took a full-time job and uh, I was like really committed to this. I sold, I sold my car so I could fund the startup costs and just kind of took the plunge. And um, so after six months, I kind of was taking a bunch of courses. They were all online courses I was getting a phone mentorship with Shannon and some of the other classmates in my in my class um, who were all around the country and uh, just kind of learned the business of fashion and but also from the sustainable uh, perspective of fashion and how to go about sourcing and I I had a little bit of background just from costume design I, I knew how to source and um, knew how to design yeah. and uh, but this was it definitely gave me more the business savvy that I needed okay and the marketing so I, um, so after about six months, I was like, okay, I'm ready to start like telling people about this. I don't have a product yet, which is super scary to tell people that you're like, yeah, I'm going to have a, I have this idea and I'm going to start. Cause a lot of people just laugh at you and they're like, yeah, sure. Did you have the idea of like what your product was going to be? Yeah. Yet? So I, um, I knew I wanted to do women's workwear. I, it, and because for me, there was corporate workwear and then there was like jeans. So for me, I was like, what? Cause here's the thing is like my type of work. I, I, you know, I work as a freelancer and a lot of times I'm using my hands. Like I also work as a florist okay. too. <laughs> so I, I kind of live this hybrid work life where I'm going from an office to sometimes a client meeting to sometimes like a flower studio or to the flower market. And so my days, kind of blend between working with my hands and on my feet to sometimes working in an office and being sedentary um, or meeting with the clients where I have to step it up a notch. And I, I, never quite, I never found corporate clothing to really be something that I liked. I, I just, you know, pencil skirts just weren't practical for me when I'm like riding the subway in New York. Right. Um, and, uh, and biking to work, frankly. And... Um, I also, the startup culture is kind of the culture I've been a part of for a while. I've always been very entrepreneurial minded and we're just a very more casual type of culture. And there's a lot of people who wear jeans and that's great. And I wear jeans, but I was like, well, what, 
what is something that could be a blend between like the jean and like the corporate work wear? Right. And that what middle ground. That middle ground because like we have this this with more and more women entrepreneurs, more and more people starting their companies, this whole startup culture, co-working spaces, it's creating this new type of work culture. And I feel like our wardrobes have to change to adapt to that. Um, and so that's, that is what started the idea for Untucked Workwear. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, so you, you had this idea that you wanted to do something and you went through the six month program with Shannon at Factory mm-hmm. 45 and you're like, I had this idea to make this middle ground of apparel. Yeah. And so then wh- where did you go from there? So I created, so one of the things that we learn in, in Shannon's uh, class is something that, um, to do something before you even have a product is to tell people about it to build momentum leading up to your launch. Okay. So I um, created, I was up to, I created a, a basic like landing page website for my products and basically just put out uh, the bare minimum of like, hey, here's what I'm doing and here's what I'm creative. If you want to be part of my design journey, I'll update you every month. But so, you don't have any pictures, no I didn't product, have any pictures no sketches, or anything no nothing. Yet. You're just yeah. like, I'm building this This something. is what I'm starting. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah, so this is what I'm starting. I started with like an Instagram account and this landing page. And then people just knew me. And so I just sent out a huge email to like all my friends and family and professional contacts that I met. It was super scary. <laughs> I was like, I want them to take me seriously. What if it, what if, what if it doesn't happen? Yeah. Um, but I have to say that was the best thing for me because when there's other people counting on you, there's that accountability. Because working as like a startup designer, it's super lonely, yeah. and you're and you know you <laughs> you don't know what you're doing half the time, and you're trying to figure it out. But when you have people that are counting on you, and you know asking you about updates and how's it going, that's super motivating. And so I really think that's the biggest reason why I kept pushing forward with Untucked this whole year is that people kept asking me about it. Um, so you had all these like accountability partners, yeah. like your friends and your family yeah. and everybody. You were like, I'm just going to tell everybody I come in contact yeah. with that I'm doing this. And then like I have to keep moving forward yeah. instead of like keeping it a secret because you're mm-hmm. so nervous to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest hurdle for me. Yeah. Literally myself. Because I was like, oh, working on this at night. Like, you know, I would like go work in my full-time job and come back and I'd be working on it. And I felt a little embarrassed how much time I was putting into this. Yeah. You know, I was like calling up vendors and asking about, you know, re- learning more about uh, sustainable fabrics and, and just putting in all these hours. And then eventually I reached a point where I was like, I, I need to just bite the bullet and I need to tell people what I'm working on because it needs to become a realization. Yeah. I can't just put in all these hours and money. I was also putting in money. Um, to develop prototypes, and I was like, I, I need to bring this to the world. <laughs> um, okay, so you're spreading the word, even yeah. though you don't really have anything yet. Yeah. You're spreading the word about your idea, yeah. and in the meantime, you're working on getting prototypes and samples developed. Yeah. And like, how are you going about that whole process? Like, How did you find all those contacts and all the factories and all the places that you wanted to work? Yeah, um, it was... I felt like Sherlock Holmes. It was a bit, of a, <laughs> a bit of an investigation to do all of that. And LA is one of the biggest, man, it is the biggest manufacturing hub in the U.S. And the fashion industry is extremely daunting to tap into. I, because, you know, you want to make the right connections. There's so many factories out here. But I wanted to go about, I wanted to work with a factory that I could stand proudly behind. And I yeah. knew the workers. And I had no idea where to start. Shannon was really helpful um, providing initial contacts okay. and um, 
basically being like, hey, here's how you go about like reaching out to factories. And so I kind of, you know, I started down, um, I started just, you know, just talking to people and reaching out and telling them what I was doing and people started opening doors to me. Um, I, I ended up with, I met these guys in San Diego who were making uh, some really cool men's backpacks from like a durable duck canvas. And I knew that Untucked was, in, I wanted to be a sustainable brand because I wanted my pieces to last. And so I have always gravitated more towards menswear because I just love how it's constructed. Um, when I worked on Boardwalk Empire in New York, I was just fascinated by how um, the suits were handcrafted by some of the top tailors in the country. And, um, and so I knew I wanted to apply that type of construction to Untox uh, garments. And so whenever I came across a brand that was really well made, I would talk to them and be like, where do you source your fabrics? Where do you get your materials? And I tend to end up talking to a lot of menswear companies. Wait, so you would like find these brands and you're like, just go to their website. Like you would find them in a store or whatever and you go to their website yeah. and you would just reach out to them. I'd reach out to them or I'd go, I would, I'm like an event like, fanatic. <laughs> like I'm always searching out like, Cool events. I talk to people. Yeah, I just like if I, I. I also would do this. It was super. I probably was a weirdo, but I would like if I saw someone with like a really cool pair of pants or a cool feature on their pants or a zipper. I would be like, "Hi, can I like take a picture of this?" Like I'm a designer. <laughs> like, and um, okay, add this to my inspo board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so a lot of people were like, "Yeah, sure." And it, it tended to be like men's pants that I was most fascinated with. They had tended to have like cool features on their pants yeah. for movement. Yeah. And um, so I uh, so yeah, just I started just like collecting a lot of research. So this whole year was like collecting a lot of research and then taking that research and I was like I'm the kind of person I need to feel and touch and move something around and so I need like an actual physical piece in front of me so those guys that I was talking about in, in San Diego referred me to this pattern maker here in um, LA and at the time I was biking to work so I um I was <laughs> I was like riding the bus to get to him and I was like, hold, I would be holding my patterns and my fabric and my laptop. And like, I went at one time, there was this like homeless man who like offered to hold my patterns for me on the bus because oh I was gosh. carrying so much stuff. And um, I was just like, I was like, I do not feel like a glamorous designer. You're at like, all. I'm like schlepping around. <laughs> You're probably like sweating. Yeah. It's like I was like, I don't feel like a designer. But um, but that process of like, so I, I met with this this pattern maker, showed him my designs. We sat down, and um, he actually. He, uh, and I met him, his daughter was really uh, helpful. She was the one that spoke English, so she was a translator between me and, and this pattern maker. Okay. So that, the language barrier was kind of challenging. But, um, but, yeah, so through that process, I developed the first, like, three prototypes of, initially I was just going to make a pair of trousers called... Um, flex trousers. I wanted Which are them. the trousers you have right now? Yeah, yeah, the trousers I have right now. So I was just going to start out with one piece and I wanted to be kind of a blend between like a work trouser, a pair of jeans and like leggings and something that you could bike to work in but also like could look classy if you're going to grab drinks with I've friends I've seen after. them. They're really stinking cute. Thanks. Yeah, yeah they're, they're really, really comfortable and your butt looks amazing. Yeah, in them. <laughs> they look like super functional yeah. and like feel good but yeah. like the right styling yeah. with the zippers and the yeah. crossover waistband. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I am... Um, spent a lot of time in the fit because fit to me is like I you know I'm I've got you know I've got some curves <laughs> like I I really want a pair of pants that's gonna fit woman yeah and um 
and that that also costs money to keep making prototypes. But for me, you know, I just don't want to make one prototype and be done with it. So it was ten prototypes later that wow, those ten. flex trousers came about, and um, so I I started that process with this pattern maker. Okay, um, he was actually more skilled like in leather goods, but he got it started, um, and then I ended up moving on to. Um, another uh, pattern maker called TEG. They're actually a fashion production house, okay. a small fashion production house. They work with startup designers here in the Arts District in LA. And um, their pattern maker there, Gary, um, he's been working in fit, especially for pants, for like over 40 years. And I was okay. like, I don't want to half-ass this. This is the guy. This is the guy. <laughs> I was like, I have spent so much time just trying to get these pants developed but the fit wasn't working I was trying in different women and it just wasn't quite fitting so I was like I'm gonna put up the money I fit is really important to me so we developed um, a better fit with these pants he took my prototypes really nailed it nailed the fit um, and and then um, so he created the patterns for that and I people started asking me they're like oh are you gonna develop any more pieces or or you know for your photo shoot what what are you gonna use for your photo shoot you're just gonna have the pants and then I I remember getting really inspired by an article um, back in 2013 um, it was by this art director in New York I read that yes I read something I, about that that gal that wears the same outfit to same work outfit every day every she's day. so cute so it's cute a white blouse with a yeah. little black yeah she, I, she was just on my Instagram I just, I just featured I, her on my Instagram okay that's why I yeah. just saw it I glanced at your Instagram mm -hmm. today yeah um, and she uh, she has always been in the back of my mind her story and this idea for me too like I as a creative <laughs> it's funny you know we, we some people think that oh we have to look cute every day but it, we work so fast and so hard and we're moving all the time and we're taking on new projects and that we don't have the mental space to literally like be selecting the cutest outfit every day like I want to look like a fashion blogger but I can't and so I'm like how can I look smart look cute really look the part but I don't have to like I don't have the mental uh, brain space to, to, to do that so when her article came out that kind of stuck with me and so when I was developing the flex trousers, I was like, what if I just made the perfect outfit <laughs> for women on the go? And that, that really is what kind of sparked the next two pieces. Okay. Um, I knew as a startup designer, I don't have the kind of money. I, I you know, I, I work as a freelancer. I have all these different gigs and I, I don't know what my paycheck is going to be from month to month. So I was like, okay, what can I do with my budget? Um, and so I was like, well, I'm just going to do three pieces and um, make the patterns for those. The, so the first two pieces I've uh, patterns I finished with Gary from okay. TEG. The so he finished the samples for those. The okay. pants and the everyday blouse. The the blouse. Every, okay. Yeah, the everyday blouse. And then um, I ended up tapping the resources of a good friend of mine called Jillian. Um, and she, her and I worked in the costume design world together. And she used to work at the Boston Ballet and, uh, and for, for quite a few years. And so she's pretty well skilled with construction and designing for movement. Okay. And um, so we were, I remember just chatting with her one time. We were just like sitting on the beach in Venice. And I was telling her about my project. And she was like, oh, I really want to help. I was like, really? And I was like, well, I had this idea for this like really cool jacket that's like a cover up. But also like... You know, it can like protect you know your pieces underneath, but also it like looks really classy and has like a collar jacket. Because I, 
I've always loved um, Japanese designs and Japanese clothing. I like the billowiness of it. I like the structure of it. And so I was like, I want to do this kind of like Japanese inspired jacket. And she was like, all right, I want to give it a shot. I want to. And so we worked on that together. And um, I, you know, I went over to her menace apartment multiple times, just chatting about the design with her. And so we developed the pattern together um, for the pocketed smock that um, you see featured in my Kickstarter video. Yeah. And so, yeah, so this whole collection kind of came about a very kind of cobbled together piecemealy throughout a whole year. Um, and, and now, so then, obviously, like, once you have your samples, then the next step is to find a manufacturer who can make it on a larger scale. And that was a challenge. I, I, I think we went to about six different factories, just talking to them, showing them my pieces, getting price quotes. But it wasn't just about price for me, too. Yeah, I want to make affordable, sustainable clothing or pieces. I want to make affordable, sustainable designs. But I also care about the people that are making my clothes. And that's a big, a, just a big part of Untucked. Untucked's mission is to um, really be transparent about the manufacturing process. And I need to know, like, I want to know how my clothes are made. Like, I'm just that kind of person. Yeah. And um, I really also want to just, like, educate. I want people to be, like, educated and really be brought in into Untucked's world and the making of their clothes. I feel like we will have more appreciation for what we wear. Um, and also how things are priced. I feel like if people are more involved in the process and the production process of how clothes are made, they'll, they'll, they'll understand the price point and why it's, it's priced that way. Well, I think there's a certain point that, like, I don't know, how, I mean, I think you're probably falling in the same category. I buy, I'm happy to yeah. buy an investment piece. Like, I don't want something that's, I'm going to wash it three times, it's going to fall yeah. apart. Like, yeah. I want something that, like, I'm going to love it, I'm going to love it, I'm going to love it for, like, five years. Yeah. Um, so I totally get that, yeah. and um, I'm happy to, to pay that price because I know it's going to last 20 times sure. longer than something that's mm-hmm. maybe half the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Okay, so two things I'm curious about. Um, the sustainable thing, and you, yeah. and you mentioned a lot, like the workers, yeah. and that's yeah. very important to you. And, and like, talk a little bit more about the sustainable thing on, yeah. on a bigger level. Because what does that mean? It yeah. mean, like, are the fabrics sourced sustainably? Like, yeah. it means so many different things. So talk about that and, like, how you've molded that into your brand. Yeah, I love that you're bringing up this conversation okay, <laughs> about sustainability because... I feel like it's a very abstract word that totally. we're all throwing around, right? Like, it's like it really sustainability. Yeah. What does it mean? Um, sustainability for Untucked and for me and how I view it is one, like designing clothing, like what we talked about that last. Sustainable clothing that um, that you can pass on from generation to generation. I still have pieces in my closet from my great grandma. It's amazing. And I love them and they're still so well made. This yeah. idea of passing on your clothing is sustainable to Not me. disposable clothing. Yes, not disposable clothing. Second is, yeah, the fabrics are very much um, are, are very much an important part of the sustainable conversation. Right now, there there's a lot of innovation that is happening in uh, the sustainable textile world, um, but you know, there the resources are still limited as far as like sourcing. Um, and what I want to do, the next steps for Untucked is I've tried to source as consciously as I can with my fabrics. So my fabrics, I'm working with a tensile, which is a pretty sustainable fabric on the market right now. I'm working with some cotton. And actually, I think I'm going to be using uh, an organic duck cotton for the pocketed smock. I've been looking at some 
samples the other day and then I really just want to use very natural fabrics that um, biodegrade and um, so that was an important part of like choosing the materials uh, and also not using chemical sprays so one of the challenges that I'm dealing with right now is with tensile it does wrinkle I, I could go and choose a wrinkle-free fabric, but there are so many chemicals that are sprayed on fabrics it, yeah. um, to make them wrinkle-free. And that's the next step that I want to take, and I'm actually speaking with a chemical engineer right now. Wow. So the next step for me is I would love to develop um, my own materials and also jumping into the conversation of recycled <laughs> material, like taking fabric um, recycling it and creating new textiles from it. Okay. So I'm Are you actually, talking about like scraps of fabric yeah, and scraps sewing it together fabric. to make well, new no, yardage? No, actually, actually taking that fabric and working with some engineers oh, to engineers actually, actually like remix re it. Remix it and, and create a whole new fabric. So doing okay. blends of okay. like maybe like a recycled poly with with like a tensile. Interesting. So you can create this like wrinkle-free sustainable right. fabric. Poly, right, right, right. Yeah, and um, so, so a conversation I just had yesterday was about, um, was actually downtown in LA at an innovation center there is, um, is, uh, working on creating a, a fabric recycling manufacturing facility. Wow. And, um, some of them are popping up throughout the country. There's one in New York, but there isn't one here in LA. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. And there's, you think about all this, um. Uh, all this clothing that is being shipped overseas. Goodwill ships hundreds so and thousands and much. thousands of, yeah, of pounds of, of clothes overseas. And why aren't we keeping it here in the States and why aren't we using it to revamp it and turn it into something new? Yeah. Um, so right now my, my resources are limited, so I'm trying to, you know, um, do the best I can um, yeah. on my Kickstarter budget. Yes. Thank you to everyone who's backing and supporting yes. this. Um, but I, I guess I... I'm just telling you the dream and the vision so that you kind of know where I want to take this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you went to like five manufacturers and like what were some of the challenges that you saw when you went there? Like why was that hard, so hard to find the right place for you? Well, I mean, it's, there's a trust factor too, right? Yeah. Like you're taking a huge risk. You're, you're handing over someone your patterns and your materials and... A big check. A big <laughs> and and a lot of these manufacturers too you're dealing with they don't want to work with small designers and so you get they have these bigger clients like Levi's and you get bumped to the bottom of the production line and so you can't really count on specific timelines and also they don't put as much uh, some of them too like they just you can just kind of tell when you walk in that you're a low priority and you're like, are my pieces going to get, like, you know, well... Like, is the quality well, going to be that great? Is the quality going to be subpar? Are they going to really care on, like, how their, you know, a seam is done here? Are they just going to, like, stitch right through and it's going to be, like, a cricket seam? Like, and also, some of these places, too, I could just tell that, like, they didn't want me... Like, I remember asking a place, like, oh, can I wear your workers? And it was just kind of... I just, they, I just, just got comfortable. Like, yeah. oh, they probably don't want me to, like, there in the manufacturing facility. Yeah. They, they might have nothing to hide, but it's just, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I wanted to be really part of it, and they probably thought I was a little bit of a of a geek wanting to, like, be involved in the manufacturing process because they're like, this is, you know, they work with such big designers yeah. and, and big brands that they're pumping out volumes of stuff. And I'm just a small designer, and I'm I'm also learning, and I don't think... Some of them have time to like really Hold take your me hand. In. Yeah. So I ended up, this was like Providence. I, 
my uh, fabric company, one of the fabric companies I'm sourcing for, Pacific Denim downtown, um, I'm Pacific, uh, or I'm sourcing from them uh, uh, stretch twill for my flex trousers. Yeah. It's, it's manufactured here in the U.S. And I ended up just, while I was waiting for my fabric to get cut, I saw a card of this guy named Alvaro, and I asked the owners, um, I was like, hey, what, what do you know of this guy? And um, it looks like he helps startup fashion designers. They're like, oh, he comes recommended by a lot of our customers. So I was like, oh, okay, like, I'll send him an email. So I sent him an email. He, like, responded to me, like, like within the hour. And <laughs> we ended up, our meeting place was at this grocery store on the south side of L.A. <laughs> kind of like what we're doing here, like yeah, a really random was, location. Yeah, it was, I was just, I, was, I walked in, I'm, like, carrying my, my <laughs> samples in, like, a Trader Joe bag. And, like, <laughs> like again, like, it's like, I, I did not, I was like, is this how other designers do it? But I am. Um, I walked into the grocery store. <laughs> We're like sitting at these tables, and I'm showing him my pieces. But the way he talked about my pieces was analyzing them, was taking pictures of them. I just, I knew this guy knew what he was talking about. He, he, I, I, he'd been working in the industry for about 20 plus years, and now he has gone freelance, and he sees the direction of fashion going. You know, a lot more sustainable, a lot more startup designers, and yeah. so he's trying to cater to us. And um, so he kind of broke away from working with these bigger brands to, uh, to start his own company. So we're, him, him and I both are kind of in this entrepreneurial mindset. So we thought, well, why don't we, why don't we try, why don't we give this a shot? And he was like, I'm willing to work with you. He, he's like, because, you know, I'm just starting now. You know, I'm going to cut you some deals here. Um, he invited me to go to his factory and see it. It's a smaller factory in Vernon. Okay, so he oh he actually has his own so, factory. No, it's, he actually works at the factory. Oh, okay. He works at this factory. Um, he's really the because he's which which is why it was a blessing to work with him because since he's worked in the industry for twenty plus years, he knows so many people. He also speaks Spanish, which is <laughs> kind of an important tool to have here in LA. Um, and so. He was good friends with this factory owner. He invited me to come. I showed the factory owner my pieces. We made some adjustments to the patterns, and then he um, and then he also has has friends who insert zippers and do the snaps. And um, the thing about the fashion industry in LA is that everything's very fragmented. So you, you have, have to, to go piecemeal to, it all. You have to piecemeal it all together. Unlike which is unfortunate about American Apparel, they were a vertical factory, right? And um, everything was under one roof. And I would love, you know, and there's some other factories like um, Reformation that is doing that as well, which I would love to be that, <laughs> that kind of factory someday. Um, so Alvaro helped me piece together my whole production chain and, um, and has been teaching me and guiding me throughout the whole process. And so he opened up the factory to me to get familiar with it. I ended up filming my Kickstarter video there and they were so supportive of it. And, you know, just getting to talk with the garment workers. And I feel like because they know me and we have a personal conversation, Alvaro and his factory is really cares about Untucked. And yeah. they care about the pieces that are going to come out. And so I, I do feel confident that my pieces aren't just going to get a haphazard type of job. Yeah. Um, they're really going to be um, cared for. So you took your time and you were really like going with your gut and working with people that you really could build relationships with and were you felt had a, an equal, maybe not equally, no one's going to care about your brand as much as you do, 
but they had some vested interest. They really cared about you and your product and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so can we talk about the Kickstarter? Yeah. Okay, so so where in the process is all happening? Like you thought of these three products mm -hmm. and now you're, um, you got some samples and prototypes yeah. made, you found your manufacturer and you're like, okay, we made some changes. And, yeah. and so where are we in the timeline? Yeah, so everything kind of <laughs> comes together last night. Here's the thing about Kickstarter is that, yeah, gosh, there's tons and tons of blogs and tutorials and like you need to do it you need to do yeah. your start here and this is the best way to do it and this is, so I was just like overwhelmed by like everyone who's done Kickstarters in the past and all the advice that was coming to me um, but again like back to Factory 45 that fashion accelerator I was part of um, she launched a super successful Kickstarter as oh, well okay. and she um she was a great mentor as far as like, hey, these are kind of the best timelines to launch. And I know for me that I needed to launch in the spring before the summer. And I, so leading up to that launch, let's, I'm just going to back up. I, I like to, I wanted to kind of create momentum again for the actual Kickstarter launch. Okay. And um, to kind of show a physical presence of Untucked, I did a soft launch back in the fall, okay. October 2016. I partnered up with an awesome bike shop slash coffee shop called The Wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, my friends Tammy and Chase own it down in the Arts District. And so I, during Innovation Week LA, I did um, an event called, uh, it was all about uh, fashioning the future of urban living. Okay. And it was all about co creating conversations around what, what does it mean to live in the city and how are we improving our city. So I, I, I facilitated a whole panel of different women change makers around LA and that was when I introduced Untucked to a live audience. And I just had my prototypes then yeah. and I like nothing was ready. Um, but I announced to them that I was going to be launching my Kickstarter and um, if they want to join in that journey. So that's when, so I had my prototypes then and I believe, so from there to about like January, February, then I was kind of finalizing my samples, but I didn't finalize my samples until like two days before I filmed my Kickstarter video. I was over my, my model, Rebecca. Yeah. I, I made samples specifically for her size and we were trying it on at her house like two days before we went to shoot because um, yeah you got to work around the timelines of your factories and so um, so once I locked down those samples we shot our Kickstarter back in we shot the video and the photography at the same time okay um, to, in, to like, save February? on budget no we actually shot it in in March, okay, we're in a really tight timeline because also I'm working with um, uh, friends who were back from because I went to film school, so I had some friends who were cinematographers okay. and photographers, but they also have a bunch of gigs. So it was a beast trying to coordinate everything. <laughs> I and then my model, she's not a professional model; she also has a full time job. <laughs> so I was like, and then I Pulling have all, all these my gigs, yeah, because like, like ah. I know I have like flower gigs here, and I'm like, all right. So basically, I was coordinating everything. We kept pushing it later and later and later, and I was like, finally, we have to film this Kickstarter video. Shot it in March, and um, we locked down everything in April, and then. Um, I launched the Kickstarter May 2nd. Okay. Which yeah. is 15 days ago 15 from 15 days ago, yes. Launched it May 2nd, and that night I did a live launch party. I I mean, now Wait, from what does that even mean? Like well, in, in person? In person. Physical. I did okay. like a live, like an actual live event. 
And so where do you we like get the people to come? Just friends and family? And like you know what? what? I, here's came. the thing is I, I just love in person. I love meeting people face to face. Like I, I like to talk to people. I like the conversations that come yeah. about from just in-person events. And um, so obviously I launched Kickstarter online digitally, like on sure. all different social platforms and and my that was some list. of the people that you had built. My email list that I've you been had building. first started yeah. talking about your idea yeah. over a year ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's I, when that, that like, email really list came, I was building. That was a good value. Yeah. It was huge. And, yeah. and the thing is, too, what was I was talking to my friend the other day, and what was helpful about building that momentum over the past years. A lot of times when people launch a product, they have to like explain what it is, and it's like, oh, this is what I'm doing. As soon as I launched it, people were like sending out their own emails, and 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 I was I. I had crafted a few kind of sample tweets or sample like Instagram posts. I'm like, here's some copy you can use. People went off script because they knew exactly what Untucked was. They knew who I was. Because you'd been telling them about it for a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't have to do anything. All of them were my ambassadors and they all went out and talked about Untucked amongst their circles. When your Kickstarter launched? When my, as soon as my Kickstarter launched. People like, were just screaming about it. It was everywhere. Oh my God, it's And I was overwhelmed because I was like, the the comments that people were leaving and the things that people were sharing. I had this friend, she's a, a film producer, and she like crafted this amazing email and sent it out to her entire network, and I didn't even give her the copy or script for it. She just like wrote it from her heart. And um, people just like, I think people felt really excited to be a, to be part of that journey. I have a, another friend who, um, uh, he is a professor in business over at Pepperdine. Okay. And I found out that he's been showing my um, my emails that I send every month as examples to his class, his oh my students. Oh amazing! I was like, oh wow. Wait, really so flattered. what are you putting in these emails? Yeah. And so okay, wait. So let's talk yeah. about that because yeah. I um, I'm really big on email marketing and promotion. And so yeah, you have this email list that you're building for a year and a half or so. Like, what are you talking about this whole time? Are you just yeah. telling stories about what you're doing and where you are? Yeah, I am. Um, I didn't want to, you know, the email inbox is such like a fragile, special <laughs> space. And um, it's my biggest fear to like bombard people. Like I don't want to intrude. So I really wanted to create emails that wasn't just about, oh, here's my products, here's what I'm working on. I also stepped back a bit and was like, what is Untucked about? It's about like in empowering, you know, the woman who is taking a, a different work path, you know, who is working as a freelancer, a co-worker, women who are doing really cool things and, um, and celebrating that. And so, um, I started a series called Untucked Women where I'm highlighting a really cool woman who is, is really transforming her city, um, or wherever her workplace and, um, making an impact. And so, um, in my in my emails, I would highlight uh, a cool untucked woman, and do a, an interview with her, and invite, and so that other people saw that untucked wasn't just about me; it was about this movement of women, and um, highlighting these women who are taking a more unconventional approach to yeah. their working style, yeah. and also women who don't necessarily, you know, commute to work by car, but women, like, what are the stories from the subways and the buses and bike-to-work commuters? Like, I want to hear those stories. Um, like that girl on the bus with her patterns <laughs> yeah, and, like, me. the homeless guy offering yeah, to help carry yeah. them. Yeah, I just, I, 
you know, we have such rich stories, and I just want to tap into like the woman that I was. Um, I wanted to be part of my community of Untalked, and so I was inviting them in. Um, on the journey as well. So okay. that was some of the content that I was sharing in my emails. Obviously, I, w- I was sharing um, updates about like, hey, here's some of the fabrics I'm sourcing. What do you think? The Instagram has been amazing, just like being able to connect with people daily. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was, it was a little bit of like bringing people into the design process, but also bringing people into like the community aspect of Untucked. Because for me, like Untucked is 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 really about like community and and bringing you know women together and i i wanted that to shine in the emails and so you spent like this year and a half building this community and then when you were ready to like say okay here's my thing i did this here's my my thing It, yeah. You had that community built in, but you know, so it, it didn't just happen like magic. No, like you it, would, no, it was a lot. It was a lot of all work. this time, like building this huge foundation. Yeah, yeah, and just going to a lot of events and supporting other women. Like, and and frankly, I learned so much too. Like, yeah. I was like, who, who is my target market? Who am I trying to reach? And um, and going to events and talking to women helped me develop my target market. It helped me develop who was the person, the woman I was trying to reach. And because I, I just can't sit in my room and like sketch up ideas all day. Like I need to go out into into the field. Not be in your vacuum as yes. we talked about earlier. Yeah. And and you know what's was cool about having these live events is that yeah, I, being an entrepreneur is really lonely and, and you don't know if you're hitting the mark and you don't know if anyone is even thinking about you. And but when you have these live events and all these people come out of the woodwork to celebrate you, it just makes it so much more real. Yeah. So like at my launch party, like I had over hundred people. Oh come. my god, that's amazing. And and like so many of them, like I didn't even know they were like friends people who brought friends, friends and, and like and yeah, obviously a, a ton of friends came out to support. And it was like on a Tuesday night in LA, like on a school night. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I was just, I was floored. I was really. I was just, I was just kind of standing back, and I was just so grateful to be surrounded like, by these people. Still really fresh. I mean, that was like two weeks ago. Yeah, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, I know. Ah. I know. And the, and the space was at, and again, like everything leads back to what I want on top to be. And um, so I had the event at this awesome distillery in the arts district. It's owned by this husband and wife. Um, it was the first distillery since Prohibition, and they are all about community and all about craftsmanship, and. Um, one, the, the co-owner, one of the women, Liddy, uh, Liddy is one of the co-owners. Like she's all about celebrating female entrepreneurs, and that's what I wanted. Like I want anything that Untucked touches or be, is a part of. Like I yeah. want it to all tie in with the brand and what I want it to be. And um, because at the end of the day, it's not just about me. Like so many other people make up the brand. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So did the Kickstarter really just grow organically from like that and all those people spreading the word? It just happened. Yeah, and it, it was like, like such a huge sense of relief because as soon as the Kickstarter launched, like I had all these flower design gigs, and I didn't have a ton of time to be like shouting it from the rooftops. Yeah. So like I had friends like every single day. They were sending me screenshots of my Kickstarter. Like I would be on a job and I couldn't even check. You know, you can't like check your phone. So yeah. they're like sending me. They're sending me screenshots and they're like, "You reached this milestone today. Oh you God, reached this." That's so people were pushing it out for me, and I was like, and that was really nice to have like my own built-in like marketing team. Totally. And, like, um, and then also I, um, so I also did a lot of reach out to different Instagrammers and bloggers and okay, some, some news sources that I wanted to be a part of. And I, I think, you know, for me, since I am small, I didn't, 
I knew it was probably hard to get into like some of these big like I don't know, LA Times or Vogue sure. or anything like that. So I was like, well, maybe I just target places that I I really want. You know, I think could have a cool audience that would resonate with them. aligns with your brand. Yeah, and I actually, I'm in a women's entrepreneurial group in downtown LA. We meet every month um, called Mentor Mondays. And um, these women come from all different backgrounds. And um, just through my different circles, you know, I, I run, I meet different journalists and you know, I, I'm so shy sometimes when I approach them because I like, ah, I, I don't know if, I know they get bombarded by people making requests from them. So I just like, I was just like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Is this a story you'd want to share? I put together a whole press packet with all my photos. Having really, really good photography was important to me because I know journalists are looking for stories, but also stories with really good photography. Because photos, like the first yeah, visual photos, yeah. yeah. And so I made sure that I had a really nice press kit before I start reaching out to journalists. And you um, just like flat out like would ask them like hey here's what I'm doing are you interested yeah. in doing a story yeah it was it that was yeah just I was straight pretty up pretty clear here's about like what this I is want. what I'm doing here's my high-res photos yeah and I'd follow up with them I still have to keep doing that I have two weeks left did you get some success from yeah, so the, like that cool outreach? hunting which is one of the like the top product yeah. review sites I they did a they were did an exclusive feature on untucked the morning I launched wow that's amazing yeah so and they it was all about like the commuter aspect of the brand so that was cool yeah um and I, you know, reaching out to different bloggers. I have a feature coming out with um, Fairly Magazine next week. Um, and th- again, I got that just through a gal who is a friend of my friend. And she just, like, resonated with Untucked. And she's like, I, she's, a, she's a journalist and a writer. And she's like, I just love what you're doing. I'm submitting your story to all these different people. So, like, the day after my launch, she, like, sent me all these questions. And she was, like, doing the work for me. That's amazing. <laughs> and um, was reaching out to, to magazines on my behalf. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. And then you also, I noticed this morning um, when I checked your Kickstarter, you got featured, like, Kickstarter featured you as yeah. one of the favorite yeah. I forget what they call it. A favorite Kickstarter. Yeah, one of their favorite projects. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I, How'd you get that? <laughs> um, <laughs> the, I, you know, I think, like, the more people that come to your site, the algorithms on, on Kickstarter, you, I, I really actually don't know them. <laughs> I don't know how you get featured as a favorite Kickstarter project, but I think when you get um, such a, a fast amount of backers okay. in a short amount of time okay. um, and so much traction, um, that definitely gets on their radar. Sure. And, um, and yeah, they, they tend to notice you. And also, um, time back, I'm telling you, Shannon Whitehead with Factory 45 has been amazing yeah. because she's built so many connections with Kickstarter. Okay. And so, um, we also, you know, she reached out on my behalf to Kickstarter. was like, hey, here's one of um, my alumni, um, and they noticed me. But the thing about Kickstarter, too, is, like, before even launching Kickstarter, I did a hell of a lot of research on, like, what makes a really good project and um, what they're looking for. What, are, How do they go about picking favorite projects? And so I am, um, you know, I, I tried to orient myself in such a way that Kickstarter would like me. Like how, though? Because your product is already what your product is. Yeah. And so you can only mold it so much to be, well, what is Kickstarter like? I mean, how do you, how did you well, bend it that well, way? Well, with the video, take the video for okay. example. Like. Kickstarter really favors very product-heavy photos as opposed to, like, the story aspect. But I knew the story was also super important for Untucked. I wanted people to know my history so that I, you know, had a little more clout with the product. Um, But I needed to really feature 
the pieces, but not, I didn't want to do it like in a campy sort of way and like a salesy type of way. So, um, so again, so I, I made my Kickstarter video pretty product heavy. Um, I also brought on a designer to create like really beautiful artwork that was very clear. And you know, I was like, I spent so much time in my sizing charts and just giving a lot of detail for, um, for backers so that when they go to back my project, there's a lot there that they can learn more about the company. And so the more content I had, um, a Kickstarter definitely favors projects like that. Okay, and like being really clear about your product yeah, and your like offer the timelines, and exactly everything that's happening. Yeah, like sizing charts, like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, I remember, I think I saw you have like a little, like you built like a little graphic that was like an infographic. It was a small one, but a little uh -huh. infographic to kind of show the timeline time of yeah. like when the Kickstarter's yeah. happening, when the production's yeah. happening, when yeah. you're going to get your product. You just want to know that you're serious. Right, so instead and of just typing out the dates, mm -hmm. you like put together a little graphic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm a very visual person, <laughs> and um, and also Kickstarter. You know, I it just yeah, I just I just want it again. Like I just like really beautiful things, whether it's like a Kickstarter graphic or my video or my clothing pieces. It I has just to want, be beautiful. I yeah. just I want it to be people to really like soak it in. I want them to really understand because at the same time, like a lot of people don't understand clothing construction. Like they don't understand that it does take a while for for pieces to get made, especially in the startup phases. So yeah. I really want to educate people on that as well. It's, it's more than just like buy my pieces. Like I want to bring them into my production process. Yeah, into the journey. Okay, so your Kickstarter has still like two weeks to go. Yeah. And you've done like 12,000 and your goal was 10? Almost to 12,000. Yeah. 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 When I checked this morning, it was like 11. Yeah. High like, 11. Yeah. 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 Okay. Awesome. So you still have like two I weeks to go. I have to check go. my Kickstarter today. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't checked it. Um, I um, love that like we're like chatting like right yeah. during this like peak moment. Yeah. It's so exhilarating. Yeah. I know. Um, it's really addicting. It is. It is. It is. Are you like totally chipping like refresh, refresh, refresh? Like, I was it can for be a while. Like, unhealthy. On the, on the first day, I was like obsessed about it, yeah. but I was planning a party, so I like had to tear myself away from the computer. I feel like it's almost good to plan something else that's going to pull you away yeah. from this other thing that you can like be super OCD on. Yeah. I know that's how I can get. Yeah. It's like I feel disgusted with myself about yeah, how I know. OCD I'm being. Checking my, my yeah. Instagram as soon as I post. I'm like, how many likes how did many I get within five minutes? How many did I get? comments? <laughs> um, okay, yeah. so... She's so two weeks left, yeah. and then and then then what's like the timeline? Like yeah, what's so the actually, next, like, literally two months. What's happening? Right before our meeting here, I just sent out an email to um, all my backers and also to the Untucked community. I'm like giddy! I can't wait to hear what the email <laughs> said. Yeah. So um, I'm kind of changing the conversation a little bit, and here's here's why: is um, Untucked is is more than just about making beautiful pieces of clothes. Yes, I would love to continue, you know, building upon the brand and making like a whole perfect working wardrobe. Um, but I also want to create a movement that's specifically here in LA that's going to transform and improve the fashion industry, especially the manufacturing industry here in LA. And so I've been talking, um, literally over the past year, I've been meeting with engineers and makers and manufacturers and city officials on what is it going to take to transform the fashion industry in LA. Like, how can I go about building a vertical factory? How can I go about building this, this uh, fabric recycling manufacturing facility? And so um, my email that I sent out today, I'm offering, I just created three new additional rewards on my Kickstarter page. Oh, okay. Um, at oh, higher like price mid, points. Mid yeah, so. Campaign. Yeah, mid campaign. Yeah, because, you know, some people, you know, some people may not want to buy my pieces. Maybe some people already bought my pieces, but they want to do more. Um, and then other people don't need my pieces, frankly. If you don't need them, like, don't get don't them. Buy it. Yeah. 
And um, but they they like the vision of Untalked and they want to do more. So I'm offering three different packages now. Um, one is this uh, the the lowest tier. So I'm starting at 250 for this new package, and um, this ties in with my love of design and styling. But I'm creating a um, a sustainable uh, kind of uh, sustainable fashion lookbook and offering like a a sustainable styling um, session which can be through Skype or in person and so it's kind of like Stitch Fix you know where people are um, Stitch Fix you know talks with you and they design they go and shop for you right but I'm doing it for people who want to dress consciously and sustainably and um, it can be overwhelming to figure out what brands do I look for you know where what here's my budget what fits within my budget so I wanted to offer a sustainable styling package. Um, so and this is going to be for guys and girls. And um, I, I really just want to meet with them and, and talk to them about their wardrobe and how we can improve it. And if there are any specific brands um, that I can help uh, assemble, basically a shopping guide, a cheat sheet for them. So yeah. that um, if they're like, hey, like, I really want to revamp my, my work wardrobe, you know, what brands could you recommend? And I will go out and I will do all the online shopping for them and assemble an entire style guide for them where they can actually go and purchase their pieces. So, I don't know. I thought it was kind of fun because I love styling. Yeah, where'd you get this idea to, like, well, first of all, to, like, offer different tiers mid-campaign and then to do this whole styling thing? I mean, um, is that kind of in your blood? And then you... you yeah, well, I, I too, actually, so. starting mid-campaign, it's kind of been... A, well, let me finish the rest of my packages okay, yeah, and I'll sorry. tell you. So the sorry. two, yeah, it's okay. So the two fifty, yeah. So that's like the styling. It's kind of you know, getting people to shop more sustainably, but also me reaching out um, and helping them with that. the The next tier is six hundred, and I want to bring people to my manufacturing facilities, to my factory. Oh wow! And I want to offer them a tour. Um, I. I want to, you know, take them out to lunch. I want to bring them into the production process and Make tell it like them about a it. Full experience. Yeah, like come for a day. Let me show you what Untucked is about. Let me take you to the factory, meet some of my production partners, um, and take them into the day in the life of yeah. Untucked getting made. How cool! So that's at six hundred, and then the last year <coughs> is twelve hundred, and so this I'm calling this the Untucked um, Confident. And so these are people who really want to play an active role in helping to transform the fashion industry here in L.A. And so I want to take them out to dinner. I want to bring in some of the partners that I've been reaching out to um, and have a conversation with them on here's what Untalk wants to do. Here's our plans. Here's the landscape of the fashion industry in L.A. Um, And then again, I want to take them to my factory and really get them involved in the process. And... um, Obviously, they get a, a piece from my collection, sure. so they can be an ambassador as well. And um, but I, I want them to I want them to feel part of of making a change in in the fashion industry, and because I, I can't do it without them. And so these three additional packages or three additional rewards came about um, when I was talking to people, and they're like, "Hey, I love what you're doing." But you know, I'm a guy, and sure. you know, I, I yeah, I, <laughs> I can't, are yeah, amazing, but they're, they're amazing. not quite for yeah, me. I know or, they're very men's or inspired yeah, in some elements, yeah. but and and also people who maybe already purchased a piece, and but they want to do more, and they've told me that, and I'm like, well, okay, well, what's something specific that I can do? And so, I this 
again, like these funds, are they going to go back into the company and having me uh, be able to reach out and have more conversations with engineers and be able to develop these um, more sustainable fabrics yeah. and, and work on that that fabric recycling um, facility. And uh, so that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. I wanted to, um, to kind of bring people, be, or I guess I wanted to tell people about Untucked that was beyond just the product. It was right. more about like the vision and the mission behind it and yeah. where I want to take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you heard that from your audience and you're like, wait, they're asking me for something that I, I'm not giving them right now. And so you just listened to them and you did it. Yeah, just making a little pivot. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, been a kind of a frantic, like, type up these new tiers yeah. today and like, see I, what I can know, offer. I think it's so exciting to go to the factory and like, oh, I wish more people could see this. No, it is absolutely exciting. I had the opportunity to go overseas uh, like two, three years ago um, and visit factories overseas. And it was phenomenal. Yeah. And it was like, I, I've not been to factory stateside. I, my experience is not in stateside manufacturing. Um, but I, it, it's something, it's an experience. People want to go and see what does this actually look like? What is, how does this actually work? And see the people and meet the people yeah. that are doing it and behind the yeah. scenes. Um, and, and the cool thing too is I am all about connecting with engineers and scientists and teachers <laughs> because everyone has an interesting point of view and perspective. And sometimes if you get too kind of stuck in the fashion world, everyone's been doing things a certain way. But as soon as you expand your world and you invite people from different industries, like it's amazing what you can learn and connect the dots. And you're like, oh, I didn't think about that. And what about this? And you can learn things from other industries. Well, and it was like interesting because you mentioned earlier you did that. Um, it wasn't your live kickoff event, but you did the event oh, at the, the bike shop. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's really smart. Like you didn't go to a boutique. No. You went to a complimentary place mm-hmm. where people who could yeah. potentially buy your product yeah. would also be hanging out. But it wasn't like the expected location yeah i here's the thing is i'm just taking this whole fashion design thing super off the grid and like <laughs> i'm not doing it the way i and sometimes i feel a little silly i'm like oh this isn't how other people are Doesn't doing it makes sense but like yeah but i i guess at this event too it was cool because like i had a nice blend of like men and women um people from all different industries and for me like Untucked. I want to help change the city. I want to improve urban living. Yeah. And so I wanted to create an event around that. And it was cool. Like on my panel, like I had, I had uh, LA just installed a bunch of uh, bike shares oh, yeah, around yeah, yeah. the city. Yeah. So Rabina Gazarian, who ha- spearheaded that whole department, uh, that whole effort, she was on my panel was talking about bicycle transportation, how the city is trying to improve that. Um, and so it was awesome to have her on the panel talk with uh, Bike Metro. And then I had like Audrey Bellis, who is working with Mayor Garcetti to, to help build up startup culture, especially for female entrepreneurs. Um, and she runs an awesome um, organization called Worthy Women to help women feel empowered. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just like this idea of like bringing in all these cool, like, it doesn't have to be all makers. fashion people. No, and <laughs> I, I, I personally, like, I don't know, I don't really <laughs> click very well with the fashion world. <laughs> I'm like, I want to do things different. Yeah. And even like at my launch party, like, I was actually really nervous about doing this, but I brought in my rolling rack. 
and I put in all 10 of my prototypes and my flex trousers on it. All my prototypes. Oh my God, so you could see the evolution. So people could see the evolution, but I was so embarrassed of like my first three because I was like, oh, these are terrible. Like, oh, I but no, I love that them. idea. So, I, but it was funny because I didn't, well, it wasn't funny, but I was nervous in the beginning. You know, I didn't have a chance to preface like, hey, these are, this is the evolution. This is the history. So people are thinking tops. like, oh, is this so, the Yeah, pant? so people were like pulling it up and I like kept racing to the other side of the room to be like, wait, let me explain. Yeah. Um, but then when I talked during my event, I was telling people, I was like, you know, not a lot of designers do this because it's really scary to show the initial designs. First protos are I felt very like scary. a terrible designer yeah. in the beginning. I was like, oh, I'm, I can't do this. Yeah. But um, I I think bringing people into the history of the making of your product is important because they, they really appreciate like where you come from, from yeah. step A to step Z. I love that you did that. I think that's phenomenal. Um, I've seen a ham. I've, I've seen more than a handful of first protos that are scary. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's cool to see that all lined up yeah. together. There was still like lint and dust on the first one because I had it shoved in the back of my closet. Oh my I didn't gosh. Want anyone to see it? And were they an available fabric or like were they like a it random color? It was a color? terrible. No, it was in black. They happened it was to be like black. This okay. Terrible like heavy, awful fabric. Oh, because I've seen some stuff come in in like wacky colors <laughs> just because it's like, okay, it's like really similar fabric yeah. and so we're just like going for fit and construction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so, okay, so your Kickstarter's closing yeah. in like a couple weeks Jeez. and then like what's, I mean, I know you have this whole bigger vision yeah. to, to change the fashion industry yeah. here. Um, but what's next as far as production? Yeah, like what's next for yeah. like far as like the next three to six months for, yeah. for the product? So um, I am working with another pattern maker right now. To what? Just, I know, Wait, I what's know. Happening? I, I know. thought it was like ready and done. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. It's like once I've been, I've been making different samples and trying them on all different types of women. Tall women. Not your quote unquote fit model. No. Yeah, I'm like trying to them a real woman, all different sizes, all different shapes. Um, and heights, and I've been getting a lot of feedback. And this has been post-launch, so I've been scrambling the past two weeks. And people have been offering suggestions. Obviously, I'm taking them with a grain of salt. Sure, but, you can't um, fit everybody. Yeah, so I ended up getting introduced to this pattern maker, and she is amazing. And she um, is helping me make just like really subtle tweaks here and there um, before I go into production. So okay. she's gonna finalize all my samples. Um, and then I'm going to, I'm, I'm starting to, I'll probably place an order for my fabrics in early June and for all my materials and then submit the order end of June um, to my factory and then go into production July to August. And then I'm going to have like a packaging party because ah. I love parties in like um, probably end of August, September, and then start shipping stuff between September and October. Yeah. Yeah, how exciting. Yeah. And is your plan to do mostly direct-to-consumer, or what are you looking at as far as distribution? Yeah, direct-to-consumer. So I'm doing everything, especially in these startup phases. You know, I'm kind of bootstrapping, but I really want to have control over the quality of everything. Yeah. And also, I want to keep the price attainable. I So many, yeah, there's so many brands out there that I love. I just can't afford. I know. And so there's so many people in line to like take a little bit of the money. Yeah. Yeah. It's and hard. also, yeah, like even like the fabrics I was chosen, uh, fabrics I was choosing, it's like, what is the best type of fabric I can choose, but also within the price range that my customers can afford. So I tried to keep everything um, under $200. Yeah. And so like my flex trousers are 110 my everyday gloss is 85 and my pocketed smock is 135 i believe it's really reasonable and they're all really well made like yeah. really well made 110 dollars for 
a pair of shoulders. pants yeah. that are like gonna last you forever. Yeah. I mean that is yeah. a phenomenal and, price. And it's probably Kickstarter price. I might have to bump it up okay, once right. I get um, onto my um, e-commerce site. So I'm actually building that site right now. Okay. So that's gonna after my Kickstarter ends, then I'll actually launch my shop. And are you gonna pre-sell? And I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably keep taking orders yeah. and keep submitting them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And um, that's kind of where, oh, yeah, so I'm going to do everything e-commerce right now. Yeah. Then I'm also looking into really cool packaging, too. I don't want to spend an arm and a leg, but, you know, the packaging, since I don't have a brick and mortar, you're... The packaging is the first thing that customers see and, and, and learn about your brand and know you. So I wanted to spend some some time and some thought developing the packaging so that when Untucked arrives at your doorstep. It's a special experience. Yeah, it's a special occasion. Yeah. Yeah. It's so exciting to like get that box and you open it up and mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. there's like this little something. Who knows what it's yeah. going to be? Yeah. It's like my little brick and mortar, but in a box and it's coming to their doorstep. Yeah. And I want them to like have a little dance party as they open it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love how much attention to detail you put into every little thing. And I'm especially super impressed with how much you have... Um, and I say this in a very loving way because I am also this way, but OCD tweaked over the fit. Yes. Because <laughs> I... Um, I teach people how to do tech packs, and it's very scary when I hear how many people want to do their own graded specs and make their own patterns. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, this is the one place that you really should pay the money and hire an expert to do yeah. this. Like, you can't afford to sacrifice the fit. That yeah. it's that's going to make or break your product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of other things. Yeah. But that's like such a big one. So yeah. it's well, especially pants. Amazing. Pants are like pants no one's making pants because they're a beast they to me. Yeah. Um, Makes me nervous. Like. Because, you know, here's the thing. is like I've done as much as I can as far as a fit. I've tried yeah. on different women. But yeah. once you have to put your product out there, and I'm sure there's going to be some unhappy customers. You can't fit everybody, though. I mean, yeah. you just can't. Yeah, but I, I also have put my email out there. I'm really trying to... Uh, people, I had a, a lady email me this morning. I have to email her back, but but asking about the fit of the pants, and she like basically described her sizing, and here's, here's, here's my body shape and everything. So I'm, you know, I really would just want to kind of handhold my customers if they have any questions about fit because like I can learn more about once I learn more about their bodies and their shapes um, I can do a better job at, at pointing them in the right direction of like sizing yeah and what what I can and cannot offer them sure sure yeah yeah so you're super engaged with your audience which is really yeah. important yeah I, people are asking me questions on Instagram Facebook I love it because then I can like you know when I'm on the go I can like quickly answer just them. reply yeah yeah Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the question I um, wrap up with for everybody. And it stumps a lot of people. So if you need a second, you can think about it. But um, what is one thing that people never ask you about working in fashion that you wish they would ask you about working in fashion? Huh. Never ask me about. So I'll I'll, I'll give you like the, the, the... different way to think about it like what do you love talking about about your brand um but the other people never really ask you about like they always ask you about this thing and you're like but I want to talk about this part of it huh yeah um honestly I I don't know if I really want to talk about it but it's, it's <laughs> a crucial part of Untucked is how do you fund it like yeah what are you doing behind the scenes really and uh you know, it can look so cool from Instagram. It's like, oh, you're a designer and everything. But I, I wish more designers were honest about how they're funding. Their... So do you want to talk about that for a minute? Are yeah. you willing to? Yeah, I'm willing to talk about it because I, it's, 
it's kind of like it's kind of key and um it's been a hustle this last year and funding it I left uh, a full-time job it was super scary um because the thing about starting a company a clothing company is it is a full-time job and so you're trying to put all your effort into it, but you're not getting paid for it. And everyone's like, oh, it's amazing. Your Kickstarter's at 10000 But, like, I'm not going to take any of that money. It's all going into production. Um, so and what about I, all the money that you spent over the last and year all and all I've probably put in, I'm going to be completely honest, probably about 30000 into okay. this company. And, and that's also, like, including my time. Hours and hours of Not time. paying for your time. Not paying that's for your time. That's just hard yeah, cash. That, well, no, like 30000 So I probably put in about like 20000 hard cash. Okay. And, and then, then like 10000 Probably more for my I was time. Say, yeah. <laughs> a lot more for my time. But um, it's super embarrassing to like be honest about the numbers because, you know, a lot of people are just like, wow, you know, $10,000, but like they don't know how much money went into the initial startup. Before that. Yeah, how much time in the in the prototypes and, the, and hiring out people and the designers and hiring out your photographers and your videographers, um, but like for me to, to fund it, it's it's really really exhausting. I'm so exhausted right now. And, and that's like all your own cash that you've been that you've yeah, made like saved or you've savings. been like working to just yeah put any money you can into it. Yeah, it's a scariest thing when you've like your savings are just savings are just like bleeding as you're like putting into something like a prototype that like went wonky and you're like oh I just spent 500 bucks on this um but uh yeah so I I do such a random amount of jobs and the so I like work as a florist and I also work as like a do some like digital website consulting work and then I also do like hand embroidery for like pop-up shops and I also do some like styling work for commercials and um, just like really random things. Random things, yeah. and I think the thing right now is like trying to own what my who like my identity, and like I have to remind myself that first and foremost I'm a designer and I'm an entrepreneur and I own a company, and I think because I live all these different kind of this hybrid work life where I have to be a different person in, in different types of jobs. Yeah. But I can kind of lose sight of that identity and it can kind of be a little depressing when, you know, some people don't care that you're starting a flower company. They just need you to do the work, whatever it is that you're doing. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I, I'm constantly trying to manufacture new ideas and come up with creative solutions that keep pushing on talks, but that takes a lot of, of, of mental space <laughs> And so I, um, you know, how I go about structuring my days, I've had to be a lot more disciplined with how I go about time blocking and like, okay, Untucked gets this amount of time and this amount of time and I'll plan out every week and be like, okay, I, I have to do this, this and this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do Untucked here, here and here. And, you know, I also work best in the mornings, so sometimes I'll get extra, up extra early to work on Untucked because I might be working on a flower job all day and I'll just be completely drained at that time and I can't like I can't work creatively on Untucked so I think yeah I don't know if that helps answer your question no I actually think it's phenomenal because it's one of the things that it's interesting I feel like that's one of the biggest hurdles to get started people are like well where do I get money do I do a kickstarter from zero Um, I mean because like you said yeah you get this 10 12 maybe 20 grand from this kickstarter but like there was a whole year and a half before that yeah so where do you start at that zero a year and a half ago mm-hmm. 
And is it your own savings? Is it strapping it together? Is it yeah. asking for money from friends and family? Which yeah. is a scary thing. Is it getting well, a loan? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I didn't. It was all self-funding. Yeah. And um, it's like <laughs> eating rice and beans all the time. <laughs> like being and really like mindful about like, where your dollars go. Yeah, like yeah. a bike to work for a whole year to do that. That's yeah. crazy. I still think about that. But that was also like a huge research part of the process too. Like. What does it mean to be a woman on the go? Like yeah, I lived you were like it. living that life. I lived it, yeah. and um, yeah, it's uh, and met so many people through that. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of humbling. <laughs> for sure. I really appreciate you being like so transparent and sharing that because it's a real, it's such a real aspect mm-hmm. of the space yeah. that. Yeah, I think sometimes people are awkward to ask or talk about it. Yeah, I want to. So. I want to know how these designers like are making it work. Like, I really do. Like, how did you just get that whole collection funded? Yeah, and you never know what's going on behind closed doors. No, no. and also like, how do you structure your schedules? Like, I'm always fascinated by productivity, and like, how do you work best? Like, how do you, you know what drains you? What fills your bucket? Like, because as creatives, like, we're always like this ebb and flow totally. like, I'm full of ideas and then I'm like completely oh my god I don't have anything to, I can't figure yeah. out anything yeah yeah oh my god so. Colleen this is amazing yeah, I am so, so excited fun. to chat with you yeah okay where can people find you people can find me uh well on kickstarter right now yeah uh, untucked workwear okay also you can go to untuckedworkwear.com sweet and I'm really active on Instagram okay great so my handle is untucked workwear that's u-n-t-u-c-k-e-d W O R K W E A R. Awesome. And uh, I'm on Facebook to it, Untucked Workwear. And then Twitter is. Are you tweeting? I do tweet. I was a big Twitterer back in the day. You so, were. Yeah, so I'm at Hey Colleen. Okay. H E Y, Colleen, yeah. No, H H E Y. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's what H- I meant. Whoo, wow. So I, <laughs> it's my, yeah, it's my Midwest accent. <laughs> so, hey, Colleen. Not so like hey as in horses. <laughs> I'm so such it, an asshole. No. So it's H E Y C O L L E E N. Okay. And um, you can tweet at me. Um, yeah, I'm pretty active on social media because I like to feel part of like a community of What's people. What's going on on the internet? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I'll put links to all that in the show notes. Yeah. Cool. Oh, so, thank you so much. This has fun. been super fun. Thanks for this chat. Yeah. I had so much fun. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you for listening to episode 12 of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about any of the resources mentioned in the episode, visit the show notes at sfdnetwork.com slash 12. And since you made it this far, you must have liked the episode. If you can take 60 seconds to leave a review on iTunes, it helps the show a lot and makes the podcast easier for people to discover. It's super easy to do and I'd really appreciate it. Visit sfdnetwork.com slash review to leave your rating. Thanks for your support and help.